What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of You Like That. This week, we're chatting all things Miss Marvel, the series premiere that dropped last Wednesday. By the time you're listening to this, the second episode of the season and the series will have dropped. Maybe you'll have watched already. Maybe you have not. But um, obviously, we recorded this prior to it dropping. So this is exclusively about the series premiere so if you've seen that you're good to go there's no spoilers um unless you consider speculation spoilers but I wouldn't say that any of the speculation that we give is necessarily (laughs) too spoilery um I was going to do an intro segment but truly like the guest segment of this episode is just too good um I had lots of laughs with this episode's guest um and it's just it's just really fun so Get ready to literally chat all things Miss Marvel. Um, I will say, okay, the intro segment was going to be about fanfic because that's kind of a part of Kamala Khan's character, which we we talk about a little bit in the guest segment. Um, <laughs> throwing it back to my original podcast with my good friend Christina Long, who was on You Like That last week. Um, could they be an athlete? We did an episode where we both wrote fanfics, like we gave each other prompts and then wrote them in Reddit. Uh, if you have not listened to that episode before, it will give you just as much serotonin, if not more, as this episode's about to give. Um, so yeah, I would, I would go listen to that either now if you want to, or when you're done with this episode of the pod, because it's just super fun. But anyway, let's dive in. Okay, everyone. Uh, Jake Pine is back. My good friend Jake, my MCU buddy, who I will not get to see Thor Love and Thunder with, which is actually a true cry. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Uh, is here to talk Miss Marvel with me. You, when you DM'd me about it, because I tweeted asking if anyone wanted to talk, and you're like, oh, well, I've already been on it. Jake, you get perpetual guests. <laughs> You and Christina literally say say the word and like the podcast episode is yours. Like, we, like there's no like, oh, I've been on it before. Like the, it's like the same six people just on a rotating list. <laughs> literally just be like, oh, this episode's mine. This project is mine. And and we will we will talk about it. You are always welcome on the pod. Thank you. Thank you. I want to find one that me and Christina can fight over just to force you into a tough decision. <laughs> or I just say both of you can be. Oh, wow. That that would be a good time. <laughs> that would be great. I want to do. Well, no, we're not going to spoil what I want to do on the podcast. We can leave that a mystery and I'll tell you. Later. Okay. Um, but we're here to talk about Marvel. There's only one episode out. I debated if I should like wait until the end of the season to like do like a recap and we I still might do like a recap at the end maybe you can come on six weeks from now and we can talk the end of the show but um I wanted to talk the first episode because there was a lot going on here and there's a lot going on outside the show that I think needs to be talked about as well with how it's being like received and stuff um but let's start with what did you know about the character going in like Kamal Khan Miss Marvel and like the show premise as well, because I'll admit, like, I did not pay attention to a lot of the run up to this, mainly because I mean, like we were graduating and Kenobi was coming out and that's been my like 
that's taking up all my brain space. So. Yeah, I, I literally knew absolutely nothing. Like, I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't watch a synopsis, an interview, a clip on Twitter. I honestly got, like, a promoted tweet on Wednesday that was, like, Miss Marvel on Disney Plus Now. And I was like, oh, that's this week? And then I went and watched it. So I didn't even know it was coming out. So there's that. Okay, okay. I thought for sure you might you might have been more prepared than me. But I did know that it was happening last week. And I, so like, I had watched the trailer once, which I remember because it had the flashing lights. It had the weekend in the trailer. Like the song was playing in the trailer, which is what this episode opens with. Um, but I'd only watched it once. I didn't know anything about the character besides like tied to Captain Marvel, which we'll get into obviously. Um, and then that they changed her power set. Do you know what her power set is in the comics? Have you heard about that at all? No. Well, apparently, from what I've heard, and like this is all coming secondhand through like podcasters that I listen to, is that her power set in the comics is really similar to Mr. Fantastic's to Reed Richards. So like her comic run, her first comic run came at the same time or came when like Marvel didn't have the rights to X-Men or something like that. So they needed like mutant like characters. Interesting. Okay. They've like completely changed the way she got her powers and what her powers are for the show because obviously Reed Richards was just introduced in one of the most chaotic issues of all time. <laughs> but we do not need to talk about that right now because I actually hate everything about that, that what happened in that movie. But yeah, so she's like stretchy in the comics is like her power. Oh, I guess it's like kind of similar though because yeah. like there's the reaching out to catch the bully or whoever. I went because I was pulling up like all the IMDb tabs before this to like make sure I had everyone's names correct and stuff like that and IMDb the little description of the show says New Jersey raised Kamala Khan learns she has polymorphous powers and I was like that's a big word that I don't know <laughs> so I looked it up and it just polymorphous just means occurring in several different forms or stages and then there's like a little note underneath it that says biology, exhibiting polymorphism, which doesn't really explain to me at all anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say that. So like, it's like, is it like a state of matter thing or like a... That's what I thought. So like, is she a, a shapeshifter? <laughs> but, but we would have, like, would she not have changed shapes in this first episode? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Also, while we're on the topic of her power set, have you seen Turning Red? I have not. Okay. It, everything about this is screaming Turning Red to me. So unprepared. Wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. You can watch Turning Red, though. It's really cute. But, like, that movie, not to spoil that movie, like, is mom, daughter, don't get a Mom and preteen daughter don't get along. Preteen daughter is a super big fan of this boy band. And then there's like ancestral powers passed down unknowingly, which is like exactly what, like she gets this artifact from what her grandma's leftover stuff. Yeah, her junk. Yeah, her junk, which 
one of the funniest moments of the episode but yeah so I was like oh this is like turning red but marvelized (laughs) okay so moving on then what what were your overall reactions to the episode coming in with no expectations and all of that I loved it it was probably let me think about this before I make such a statement I'd argue my favorite experience watching the first episode of any Marvel show. Oh, wow. Yeah. First episode, I, I would think for sure. I, I will say, despite me not being as high on WandaVision as everyone else is, I think the two, two episode premiere of that was pretty strong and would, that would probably be the closest thing to rival this, I feel like. Yeah, and I'm I'm a WandaVision stan. Yeah. Under Till I Die, but, like, I feel like those two episodes on their own weren't as strong, like, alone. Like, they're really cool in the context of that series, but just alone. Not as much fun as I had watching this. Yeah. And I... What I like about the direction that I hope they're going with this is in everything Marvel recently, I feel like they've gotten way too big for their britches in terms of like the stakes are always like highest of the high, Mm -hmm. like in multiverse of madness in Loki in moon Knight, even it's literally like they're facing like destruction of worlds or not. So, like, you don't really have, like, much, like, it's, there's conflict watching it, but you're not, like, oh, my God, like, this ancient Egyptian king is going to, like, take over the world, and that's going to be, like, we all know that's not going to happen. So, it's, like, it's refreshing to see, like, I don't know, more, I don't want to say toned down, but, like, I read about this. I forget when, I think it was after Endgame, but like they talked about how um, The Dark Knight is a great superhero movie because like you don't know what's going to happen because of the stakes. Like the stakes aren't like end of the world, but they're still high enough for you to like not know what ha- So that's what I, I like that it's not as like crazy out of this world, multi-dimensional like destruction of reality as we know it. Yeah. It's a very, I don't want to say like a humble conflict but it's just refreshing well like we haven't even really been introduced to what like the true conflict will likely be like you know like like you said this was a very like contained episode and that like you could watch it standalone and like minus the little bit of a cliffhanger we get left on like it's a just a good singular episode of television like yeah and maybe it's just that it's fun yeah because like Moon Knight you're like oh my god like he's a like assassin or whatever mercenary and like Loki it's like oh my god he's trapped in this and he's whatever fighting and this is just like enjoyable she's going to Avengers Con and like ooh, has these fun stretchy powers and she listens to Scott Lang's podcast and makes fun YouTube videos it's just like I don't know it's fun to watch a Marvel project and just like smile for once and not like be pounded with feelings well and it kind of feels
has like, I mean, it has a very similar vibe to like Spider-Man Homecoming, I would say. Like, and I would, I honestly think that's probably like the last lighthearted Marvel product that we've gotten because like everything since then was either immediate lead up to Infinity War Endgame or has had to deal with the aftermath, which I will say, I feel like they have to mention aftermath of Endgame in this at some point because it's starting to become inconsistent when they bring it up and it feels a little like it can be something offhand but I'm like there's like certain projects that are like completely zoned in on that like Falcon and Winter Soldier was all about aftermath and like these drastic effects of the blip and then there's other projects where it's like did it even happen like this just seems like normal Jersey City like they don't see yeah. it at all like what happened to the Khan family did one of them get blipped like have they been grieving for five years and just got someone back or did they all survive like you know yeah and I guess also do we know like how far removed are we from the blip now that's the thing is I have no idea <laughs> because <laughs> the timeline got so messed up because what so I think I think technically Falcon and the Winter Soldier is supposed to come before WandaVision, but it released after because of, because they had to rewrite the plot because of COVID. And so that immediately screwed everyone's perceptions up because usually like up until now, everything was just released in the order that it took place in universe pretty much, unless things were happening at the same time. I don't know, like Loki, I don't know where that falls anymore. I would assume that's really close to No Way Home. But then I don't feel like we got as much Loki tie into No Way Home as everyone's expecting. And then we'll do yeah. madness. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Loki, now I'm going to go off on a tangent. Like Loki was such a cliffhanger. And when are we going to get any resolution to that? They just started filming season two today. I just okay. post about it. Yeah, but I thought that was going to be like Doctor oh. Strange, the rest of the stuff. Now I'm just sitting waiting. Now I've just given up hope that any of the TV shows are actually directly tying to the movies because it doesn't <laughs> feel like they are. It just feels like tangential. Um, anyway, anyway, we could literally talk about that for hours. Um, I do want to talk about the like fandom part of this show and like being a fangirl and like stuff like that because I think they did such a good job I mean we just were talking about like how lighthearted this is and how it feels like homecoming which is uh, which is another very teenage experienced based project like right after this episode came out last week one of my favorite podcasters was arguing with someone on Twitter who was complaining that this was just like a young adult star story and she was like well Spider-Man Homecoming is just a young adult story too. Like you take away the fact that he's a superhero and it's just a story about a kid who wants to take a girl to a dance. (laughs) Also like, when did that become a rule that you can't have young adult stories in Marvel? (laughs) Exactly, it was was just someone complaining to complain. But like, I think this show like is doing, is already doing everything about like a young adult teenage experience so well and then is also doing the fandom part so well like 
her being super nerdy and creating videos about this and like all of the fan art in her room, like everything was just like so realistic, I felt like. Um, yeah, I don't know. What were your thoughts on like the fandom part of this all and like her character? I don't know. It's cool that it's something that I didn't really think about, but like as it was portrayed in the show, I'm like, oh my God, like this is exactly what it would be like if we had actual superheroes. Yeah. And, like, I guess we kind of got that with Hawkeye, but that was more of like an admiration thing. This is like, we're getting some stands. Yeah. And I don't think we've got like Marvel stands before. It's just, I don't know. It's like I said, it's fun. Also, like Avengers Gone totally something we would go to oh my god yeah <laughs> they're having it like on location at camp lehigh like, they're not just having it at the convention center they said we're going to the birthplace of captain america <laughs> but like yeah i feel like we've seen especially recently like so many negative reactions to the avengers and the different heroes like obviously like J. jonah jameson and everyone hating spider-man and then there's the part in No Way Home when they're like trying to edit the Statue of Liberty to have the Captain America shield and someone calls in to J. Jonah Jameson's show and it's like, oh, well, I, I like Captain America, but I don't know why we need to change the Statue of Liberty for him, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, I'm sure there are those people out there because we all know people like that in real life, but there would also be the 12 year old girl who's like, oh my God, I have the biggest crush ever on Thor, Valkyrie, or whatever, um, and yeah, I just thought that was done really well. Yeah, it's, I think this was a tweet that went viral a while ago, but they talked about, like, and this isn't going this far, but, like, the opportunity that Marvel has to, like, give, like, independent filmmakers, like, the power to create stories in the MCU that aren't directly about superheroes, but just, like, in that universe, and I feel like we're kind of getting to touch on that here where we're not on like this big like line of like superhero stories of where we're following that. We're getting a little bit of like further away from that and seeing like the outside of like how far that reaches in this world. And I think it's like it's something that's when they do it well. And I think they do do it well here. It's like fun to see. Yeah. And there, I mean, like I want to talk about this more in depth later when we get into our potential cameo um, talk. But I mean, the style, a lot of people have pointed out that it's kind of similar like into the Spider-Verse and that there's like the animation with the real action and like everything about that was beautiful, which I guess kind of gets, we can talk about favorite visual like effect or shot, which my favorite part visually was when they were texting. It was like midway through the episode. Yeah. And like, it was just like appearing in things like on the street, like it started like, her like nightlight that was all the stars like her text was up there and then it was on the street and I was like oh this is cute when it really got me was when the neon sign did the little like three dots while he was yes. I was like oh that's brilliant like that is the best way to depict text on screen that I've maybe ever seen in my life yeah yeah I, that was gonna be my pick too so oh, really? maybe, <laughs> yeah, let me try to think of something that um something else um I thought just the cinema the cinematography in general was good I don't know if you saw like the behind the scenes shot of them doing like the upside down shot of when she falls onto the couch and watches the tv yes but yeah that was super cool just like creative angles it's just yeah what about favorite favorite scene 
in the in the episode did you have one or was it just kind of like everything was good um I'm gonna say everything I'm gonna take this question a little differently okay I liked the character of Bruno okay I know I've been reading some stuff about how oh like Bruno's totally like the Bruno in the comics would hate this Bruno like the Bruno in the comics is more edgy and like you know he doesn't have it as easy as this Bruno does which like it's episode one and I'm sure we're gonna get like the sob story of like Bruno literally not having a family later but I don't know he's just fun guy and he's yeah they're so cute he's so cute and it's like the their relationship is just so wholesome yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of their dynamic. And I will say, um, I think it's when they're sitting on the roof and he's giving her the pep talk and he's like yeah. staring at her. And I, yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, I was like, there is no Peter and MJ moment that lives up to this singular shot of him looking at her like this. Yeah. And I love Peter and MJ, but <laughs> we've never gotten to like relish a moment like that with them where it's just them being in love with each other. It's always like talking him down from going to fight someone or having to tell her that he's gonna or that she's gonna forget him like we just never get a happy moment with them and that was that was a great moment but then when she leaves the gloves on the ground in the bathroom that was tough it was an accident I know but he was so hurt I know I meant Bruno He was a he was a good one. Um, I also liked his relationship with the dad, with Kamala's dad that they like established with the little robot, whatever I don't know AI. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was cute. I like I like when they I like the trope when it's like the best friend who's like part of the family and like gets kind of taken in by one of the parents, and I thought they did that very well. Yeah, and the mom giving him the food. Yeah, it's very sweet. Oh my god, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking through the IMDb <laughs> page right now. This is getting review bombed. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, it has like forty eight percent higher. It has forty eight percent more one star reviews than any other Marvel show or something like that. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's bad. Is it racist or what? Like, uh, it's, it's, I think it's mostly racists, yes. Racists and then probably sexists and then probably also ageists who can't believe that anyone would ever watch a TV show about a 16-year-old girl. Like, uh, I hate people so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. I was like, 6.2, I don't think it was that bad. Like, no. I enjoyed it. And then I looked, and it's like 30% one-star reviews. I'm like, okay. Yeah. People are just rude. Yeah, I mean, there's almost as many, there's 9,000 vote people that rated it 10 stars, and almost 7,000 that rated it one star. Oh, are you looking at the rating by demographic? Oh, <laughs> I am now. <laughs> 1,000, the average vote for males 45 or older is 5.9, which is the lowest, the lowest number, I think. I'm counting out that 
female yeah. under 18 because it's so low. But I think the 5.9 is the lowest. Oh, we can click on them. Can we can we read a couple of these? <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, wait. <laughs> no, get ah. Oh. oh, user reviews. Eight <laughs> out of ten. I'm not gonna read one that says slow boring because you know what? I don't know how this project and script got approved. It's more like an Indian soap opera. Uh, Disney Princess Marvel. Hold on. This is this is gonna be bad. I can already tell. <laughs> Tried watching the first episode of this, but it was fairly dull and predictable and appears to be aimed only at girls aged 13 and under and no one else. The story itself seemed much more Disney princess than superhero, with the girl who's already cosplaying as one getting vague and generic powers from a bangle she borrows from her grandmother's chest. Wow, what are the odds of that, huh? None of this is handled in a convincing or compelling manner. It all just grinds on because the story needs to happen and they need to fill up time to make the product they want to sell you. To give it some credit, they picked a good lead actress in Amon Vellani. Oh, so this one isn't really racist. Um, it's just particularly ageist. And no one else is noticeably bad, but the show in totality just feels tired and empty and done before and only jazzed up with glitter and bright colors to distract from that. I accept I'm not the 13-year-old audience for this, which is why I'm not going to watch any more of it. But I guess I should also accept there's nothing left to interest me in any of Marvel anymore, and that whatever was good is gone. It was good while it lasted, up until about 2017 or so, but I'm ever more confident I'm never going to pay to see anything else by them. So this person didn't watch Infinity War or Endgame. They they bailed out before the before phase three was done. <laughs> I hate people. I just also. I'm sorry. How how are things grinding along? Every everything every roadblock that happened in that episode was completely believable for a teenage girl with like overprotective parents. They won't let her cosplay because her outfit will be too skimpy. Yep, that's believable. They want her to go with her dad and she doesn't want to do it. That's believable. Like <laughs> anyway, um. That's a, let's just move on from that. <laughs> the end credit scene, which I think, which will tie us into our, where we think the show is going next. You went back and watched it, right? Because yeah. you watched it at first. I was, well, they've, I thought they had like abandoned the whole thing except for like the last couple episodes because that's how it has been. Mm -hmm. There's been like no post-credit scenes until like the last episode or two. So I just, I didn't even check on this one. I was like, oh, there's not going to be one. But yes, I did go back and watch it. I, I wouldn't have known either, except someone told me that there was one, so I would have turned it off. Though I have made it a habit, a little bit of a habit, to watch the end credits ever since learning, I think it was in Falcon and Winter Soldier, that they keep the end credits the same throughout, and you can tell how many people haven't appeared yet by looking at how many blank spots there are in the end credits. Did you know about this? No. So, like... If you're watching the end credits, and I can't remember for this show, like how much there was missing, but like if there's a spot missing within like the first three slides of the end credits, there's probably going to be a pretty big name in there or at like the very end, because you know, when they do the like and Mark Ruffalo or whatever. So I've tried to like look and pay attention to when, when names are missing. And there were definitely a few. 
but I can't remember like if there were any particularly at the front or the back that would indicate that like someone huge is gonna cameo. But anyway, the end credit scene. We, we meet our friendly Mr. Damage Control, Agent Cleary, um, who is like, I guess not a big character in Spider-Man No Way Home. He's probably in it for what, less than 10 minutes, but like kind of plays a big role in kicking off the events of Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is really telling about where the, the rest of the season's gonna go. What, what would you say? Yeah, that is that is my probably like my one of my biggest gripes with Spider Man No Way Home is that part of it was I feel a little rushed. It's mm-hmm. probably where they cut the most. So I would have loved to know more about this guy coming in, but um, yeah, I've honestly got no clue where we're going with this now. Zero idea. Yeah, I guess not in terms of actual plot. I have a really strong inkling that this is how they're going to bring Miles in. Though I'm not sure if I feel good about that. <laughs> like, like every, there are so many things that seem to be pointing to it with like the style being the same and obviously like they're both coming of age stories and I think I think the trouble of them trying to introduce Miles into a like Peter Parker Spider-Man movie at this point is then how does that not just feel like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse where you have Miles coming and hanging out with an older version of himself like that could potentially be too risky with how beloved Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is so I feel like they're going to have to introduce him in another project. One, I worry, depending on when slash if that happens in this show, if it's then going to overshadow her because so many people already have an attachment to him and people aren't as attached to her yet. Um, and I don't know, it just feels, it feels, I don't know, something feels off about it, but I recognize that there are a lot of things pointing potentially towards that like they're also really good friends in the comics like they like they're like best friends in the comics (laughs) so So, i don't know wait where does where where do you think the agent ties into the connection here because my my confusion right now is like because he's involved in no way home because they think spider-man murders someone Hmm. what have we done wrong in this that's because he's like bring her in at the end of it or whatever why i mean she like disrupted like i mean she has superpower i mean it's so he he's department of damage control right which we're really first introduced to in homecoming when we get that flashback with vulture cleaning up the flashback that actually yeah. is the first thing to disrupt the entire mcu timeline because it says it whatever, and I'm not gonna get into that right now, but that's one of my biggest pet peeves about the Spider-Man movies. But that's when we first meet damage control is they're cleaning up Avengers. So I, I, like, I think they're just, and apparently they're really big in the comics, but I think they're just 
controlling superhero things. Okay. Just trying to trying to keep criminal, but they're like, oh, this is a a teenage girl who clearly has something going on that we need to like check in with. And I would I would assume like, I mean like what the Sokovia? Do we think the Sokovia Accords survived the blip? Like, did did they come out of the blip and they're like, yeah, we still can't have. We still need to put a rain in on this. <laughs> yeah, and mm, it, it's my understanding that like after Endgame, they're like, okay, they saved the world. Like, let's just relax on this for a little bit. I, I mean, I guess like Scott Lang's hosting a podcast, so like he would have been in jail for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily they're like, oh, she's a criminal. It's just, oh, we have some things to ask like we need to get in touch with her okay but I don't know if that then I don't know if he then ties potentially to Miles at all besides the fact that he was introduced in Spider-Man no way like you know like yeah so so you think maybe they're like oh we also have like some other like preteen getting their powers here and yeah. she goes and finds them or something or what yeah yeah I could see that I think also it's interesting because like I mean I don't know I don't think Miss Marvel's in Young Avengers in the comics but it seems like they'd probably go that direction with her in the MCU especially since every other TV project has featured like a potential young Avengers character. So I could see that being like a, and maybe at the end of this show, we find out that Damage Control has all these other young superheroes that they're keeping tabs on, like a la Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. did with the original Avengers. Does that make sense? Yes. I don't know how quickly I would buy into that, uh, considering we just met Agent Cleary, like one project ago, but I think it could be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just, I'm now realizing like how many, how many loose ends in general Mm -hmm. have not been like followed in phase four Marvel in general. I would say not a single thing has been tied up from any no. because even even though like multiverse of madness ties to WandaVision, I don't think it wraps up WandaVision. Like it does not wrap up Wanda's storyline because now we like there's variants of Wanda. Now that variants are introduced, nothing can ever be closed ever. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking I'm I am almost 99% positive they're going to find a way to put Loki in the Thor movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, and it's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm Loki from Earth 979 or something. (laughs) (laughs) We've opened this door that like, so I I was so excited for, so many people were so excited for. Uh, But now it's like we've, they've gone astronomically too big. And I, I, I will say I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I was even thinking like end of end of one division, like Monica like is like called to see Nick Fury or whatever. Yeah. Now, that was what m- multiple years ago that happened. And we just have not had a single peep from her or what she's doing. The scrolls being on on Earth in far from home, not even yeah. the most recent Spider-Man project. Which granted, Spider-Man and far far from home and no way home happened in like what, like a two-month period. But well, not two months. The ending of Far From Home. Yeah. The end of No Way Home happened in like a two, three month period. I, I know that's coming in Secret Invasion, but that feels like a project that should have been prioritized because the door had already been open rather than doing like, what if, just so you could put Captain fucking Peggy in Multiverse of Madness for like five and, seconds. And Third Eye Doctor Strange or whatever. Third Eye Doc- Zombie Doctor Strange. <laughs> but yeah, that's why... I'm I'm hesitant to be like, oh, they'll do something like introduce Miles and then like leave it on a cliffhanger of them linking up because like I can't take them being like, ooh, get excited for this to come in seven or eight years or whatever. And it won't be until we're like full grown, like 30-year-old adults and we'll be in the theater yeah. like, ooh, 16-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take my kids to see it and be like, oh, you have to watch these 32 projects and we just committed ourselves to a lifetime of unrest and never finding peace yeah yeah to the culture the or to the content we consume yeah that's why let's just let kamala do her thing and let's move on just let her vibe in jersey city (laughs) what's What's to say we don't get five more episodes of Kamala vibing in New Jersey? <laughs> they said, we're, ju- we're going to put her just outside of New York City so that you can all be taunted and, like, think that maybe someone will come and hang out with her. But she's just in Jersey City. <laughs> hey, if we get a Bruno-Kamala love story, though, I can be satisfied. I don't need any other plot devices if that's just, if that was the whole thing, I it would be fine with me. Yeah. Besides Miles, I think I think the cameo, from what I've heard, is almost confirmed. Is Carol, is Brie Larson coming in as Captain Marvel at some point? I I know we've had this conversation before, but I don't remember how you feel. I fucking hate Carol. <laughs> Brie Larson gives me a little bit of an ick. Something just seems off about her. I feel like she's rude to waitresses or something like that. Like, <laughs> and I just don't like, I don't like Carol. I don't mind Carol. To me, like, cause she's very like, kind of cold and just smug. And to me, that's her being like, oh, I'm the most powerful. Like all of this is kind of beneath me, which kind of like in my mind fits. I just wish they like kind of I don't know found a more fun way to do it yeah like like Iron Man's fun because he's like very charismatic in terms of like oh like I'm this high and mighty whereas she's just kind of like 
uninterested. <laughs> yeah, well, and that that's, I think, maybe that's part of the reason it rubs me the wrong way is, I mean, she was really only the second female superhero to be introduced in Marvel. I guess Wasp was around the same time, but honestly, like, Hope is kind of similar to Carol in, like, the way they hold themselves and, like, the whole I'm better than everyone else mentality, and, like, that, that means, like, the, at that point, the only two female superheroes were, one was highly sexualized and, like, literally had just been introduced as, like, an assistant to Tony Stark, who, like, you later found out was a superhero, but was, like, just this, like, bombshell in Iron Man 2 for half the movie. And then someone who, like, is, like, to the opposite extreme, where she, like, doesn't work well with others, and she's, like, this lone wolf type thing. And it's, like, most women are in here, like, they're out here, and most women are in here. Like, neither of them are that relatable to me. And so I think that's why I've never liked Natasha or Carol very much. Whereas like some of these newer, like Wanda's a bit more relatable. Kamala so far has been relatable. It's sad that I've only named five female characters. (laughs) I think, I think our problem with Carol is um, in her, like, what do you call the first movie? Origin story or whatever. I guess it's not really her origin story, but her first movie. Um, For the majority of it, like, she's not really her, I guess. So all of, all of the, like, conflict in that movie, and then leaves us at the resolution of, like, okay, I finally know who I am. So we don't really get any, like, Carol conflict Mm -hmm. of, like, her really, like, trying to figure out who she is. Like, she just, like, finally got back to herself so I feel like maybe once we get to deal with like some of her because like obviously Monica's mad at her because she like left her on earth for five years or whatever mm-hmm. and just did her own thing so I feel like once we get to deal with like Carol herself like kind of dealing with some of those issues I'm hoping we get some more personality that's gonna sound very sexist of me to say that the woman doesn't have a personality I know every time I'm about to bring up in like conversation that I hate Carol I'm like oh god this is just gonna be perceived really wrong (laughs) I promise I'm not (laughs) anti-woman I actually I'm actually higher on Captain Marvel than most people are so that's my excuse (laughs) I I can't say the same but it's okay but you have to have an excuse you're a man (laughs) (laughs) I like it I like it um but um I think there's a layup cameo here appearance of Scott Lang oh (laughs) yeah it's gotta be right yeah even if it's just like a small little funny thing like maybe Carol comes in and she's like I have a friend that could help with this and then like scoffs in for like a scene or something yeah that way we get the oh I listen to your podcast or whatever stuff mm-hmm. that'd be funny yeah or I can see it being like a an end credit at the end of the season Scott talking on his podcast and being like oh I heard about this girl out in Jersey City blah 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 yeah yeah I feel like they wouldn't drop the fact that he has a podcast and not come back to it so that's why I feel like that's the layup 
That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. I think that leads well into Easter eggs or just like fun pop culture references in here. Because that is one thing, one part of the bigger, like, she's a fangirl theme of the show that I think they did well is that like they dropped a lot of pop culture references in here and like little things and I like that's just how life works when you love these things it's like you're constantly referencing them so it would have felt inaccurate if like Bruno didn't call Kamala's mom Darth Vader which was probably my favorite you know of them all <laughs> did you have any I honestly don't know how many of them I caught on to. Let's see. I'm trying. I just, the, so what I've been doing recently, whenever I watch all these shows, um, is I literally just keep like a list of like running reactions to the episode. Um, my Obi-Wan notes are off the wall insane every just time. Just a lot of keyboard mash. <laughs> <laughs> so it was literally just like four rows of keyboard smash when we saw like Darth Vader for the first time. <laughs> Darth Vader oh my god um I have okay there's the Mulan reference the guidance counselor sings set quotes oh, that was that, that was, was great I love the guidance counselor counselor <laughs> he was he was good he was fun um the Darth Vader one this isn't like a our pop culture reference but like they threw it back to star spangled man the plan which whenever that song came comes on i love that song <laughs> i have never felt more patriotic than when listening to star spangled man with the plan. <laughs> that song comes on and i'm like yes i will enlist <laughs> like, oh actually actually i take that back i felt more patriotic watching top gun but this is a close second <laughs> Uh, those are i guess those were the big two those were the two that i wrote down i'm gonna gonna drop a hot take for you oh okay the uh reference to tony and um natasha oh i did not like you didn't did not like why not it's reasoning it felt very shoehorned in didn't really fit like I said, like this show is so fun. And especially like in that montage. It's like Avengers Con. Whoa, Hulk, he's so big. Oh, these people are dressed up. Remember these people that died? And then like the shot just like hung for a second. Like it was a very quick montage. And then you just hung there. You're like, dang. And then it goes right back in. You're like, oh, fun, bright lights. I was like, also, that's the first time Natasha's death has been recognized in a manner like that. Whereas, like, Tony, that's like the eighth time that we've seen that exact, like, artwork of him on his commitment to Earth, like, done. So, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even really thinking. The Avengers Con scene montage was borderline overwhelming. Um, as I'm sure it would have been to try and get in and out of the actual con in one hour, which the second she said that, I was like, girl, (laughs) you're going to do a cosplay contest, get in and out in one hour. (laughs) That's two and a half hours minimum. (laughs) Yeah. That cosplay contest is taking an hour. (laughs) Anyway. Um, yeah, those are the big ones. Okay. This is a question I have kind of kind of in the vein of like 
cameos and Easter eggs and stuff. A bunch of people go to the con dressed up as characters that I don't think people would know about. Like someone is dressed up as Mantis. How do they know what Mantis looks like? How do they know what Drax looks like? Was someone out there live streaming the Battle of Earth? Like, yo, Thanos just got smacked with Mjolnir. <laughs> you think they have? You think they have live leak in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And like, you have to go on there. It's like <laughs> rare sighting of Mantis, and that's all you have to base your cosplay off of. It's like a blurry screenshot. <laughs> It's like me going to the tattoo parlor with the with the picture of the, <laughs> of the guard being like, can you tattoo this on me? <laughs> They're going to try and retcon it and be like, because Peter took videos at the Civil War battle, we're going to, like the next Spider-Man, knock on wood, pray to God that it happens with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, oh yeah. Spider-Man has all this raw footage from Battle of Earth that he uploaded to YouTube. Because <laughs> how else can you explain that? How do they, they would not know what Mantis looks like. Mantis yeah. has never been to Earth except for that moment. And half of the population was gone too. <laughs> Unless the other way they could retcon it, they had a parade. After the Battle of Earth, they, okay, they it would be Earth. so cheesy, but I would pay so much money to see a parade of the <laughs> Avengers. Can you imagine like a like a national championship Super Bowl esque parade where they're all riding around on buses <laughs> down like the streets of New York City, and they like they like hand like all of them keys to the city, and you just see like Drax being like, "What the fuck." <laughs> In my mind, they all have like themed floats. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy have their own float. <laughs> it's themed like their spaceship. That that has to be the way they they solve this issue. I'm <laughs> that's gonna be my running theory until I'm told otherwise. And I'm gonna be talking to people. Like, oh during, they probably yeah, during the parade. Yeah, that's probably what it was. I mean, they all stuck around for Tony's funeral. So they were there for at least a day. <laughs> Wait, better than that. Are you going to send went straight from Tony's funeral to the parade? Oh my God. In peace, Tony Stark. We got to go party it up. There's champagne waiting in the coolers. Uh... Oh boy. We're having too much fun. Um, God, I do have one more really important thing to note, but it's going to end it on a, not a down note, but just a, my one pet peeve. And to quote someone who emailed me to my work email this morning, <laughs> what did they say? Now I need to quote it exactly. <laughs> this was my first, um, like work someone Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> this person emailed me and the subject line is really being picky here. 
email, which this guy is clearly educated and understands what journalists do. Anyway, we don't need to get into it. It was a really funny email. It was not rude, which I was worried it was going to be when I opened it. But anyway, to use his line and just get really picky here. Kamala's costume isn't accurate. I saw something about that, that the colors were like inverted or something. The colors are switched on her outfit. And for someone who they spend the entire episode talking about how much time she put into it and how much time her and Bruno put into it. And she literally has a reference photo right behind her mirror, which is when I noticed it. And like on hers, the like shoulder part is blue and then there's the gold part and then it's red. And Captain Marvel's, it's the opposite. Like her shoulders are red, gold, and then it's blue. And I was like, that is not something she would overlook. Like she would know. Yeah, I I think that Marvel's smarter than that, right? And that it's done for a reason, right? Maybe, but a reason that's, like, is she going to wear that costume? Like, because we know she gets her own costume at some point, and I'm assuming that's going to happen pretty quickly, considering that they already made this costume for her. Like, there's no reason that she can't whip up another costume real fast, like, I almost guarantee next episode there's going to be a montage of her and Bruno creating her superhero costume. If not next episode, episode three. Like, (laughs) so then when are they going to (laughs) retcon? I don't know. I don't know. Also, is Kamala bi? Because I didn't think she was, but then when I was rewatching, the scene with her and Zoe on the stairs, she looks at her, it's a little fruit. That's why, that's, <laughs> that's why I was like, cause I was like, oh, so Bruno and Kamala are friends. When that happened, I was like, oh, they're friends. Cause like, she's obviously into this girl, right? <laughs> and then Bruno gives her that like longing look on the roof. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Okay, so it's clear, it's clear that Bruno has a crush on Kamala. I don't think it's established yet. I don't think there was anything to tell us yet that Kamala feels the same way back. But they only, like, it was so weird the way they framed the Zoe-Kamala dynamic because it felt simultaneously like cute girl in my school I have a crush on and girl I absolutely despise like the dialogue at the convention when she's like why is she here that's not even like accurate like that's not something you'd say about a girl you were crushing on even if you were trying to hide that you were crushing on that person yeah it's like part of it was maybe like oh I want to be here her type thing of like because the thing she said she like compliments her on something right yeah, she's like, something about her oh, shoes. I like your shoes or something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe she's just trying to like be like, oh, like I want to get like be friends with this girl because like she's everything I want to be or something. But then they're like, oh, like she's the worst, like because she has so many followers on Instagram. So like you don't compliment a girl's shoes that you think that about. No, and it's like, I mean, it's obviously established in this episode that like Kamala is like borderline 
bullied. I would say more like passively bullied than actively bullied. She's just like an outcast. Yeah, exactly. And so like, that was my, when I first watched the episode, that was my read on the situation with that. One, she was trying to not upset Zoe because they ran into each other. And so she was like, oh, I like your shoes. And it was also the, I want to be like this person. And then on the second viewing, after Zoe then compliments her necklace, she gives her this longing look. And I was just like, what is this? I'm thinking maybe, maybe it's like they used to be best friends or something. Ooh. Where I think they're going to go with it. Because I think there's, who was the third friend that was never there again aside from that scene? Yeah, if her name's like Zakia or something. Of course, I just closed all of my tabs. Hold on. Well, she says something along the lines of like, oh, she's so annoying now or something like that. Yeah. Now that she has all these followers which seems to me that like she may have been used to be like a part of that outcast group so like Kamala's still trying to be nice because she thinks they're friends and that like longing look they share maybe is like oh I know we still have this connection but like I have to act like I'm cool now because I have all these followers that's where I feel like it's that's my theory okay yeah I fuck with that I'll roll with that I think, yeah. I honestly, I mean, obviously I am all for bisexual representation in content everywhere, but especially in Marvel, because everything we've gotten so far is just a tease, like Loki kissing a girl version of himself. What What is going on there? But, yeah. it, but that would be a weird, I don't know, they didn't do enough to establish it in this episode. So they would either need to do a lot more or that just needs to not be what they're doing. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. I'm excited for this next episode because I feel like we're, I hope that we're going to get a lot more ideas about the direction, just in general. That's all for this week's episode. I will chat with you guys again next week. Be on the lookout for the Obi-Wan Kenobi recap newsletter and then the Sunday service newsletter um which just i feel like continues to get spicier and spicier every week so be paying attention to that thanks for listening love you all